Wow, this David series is doing a number on me. <laughs> and um, twice now during this series, and it's, it's not shouldn't be a surprise, I knew that we needed to go more into worship because David was such a worshiper and, and he stood out in his own life making worship a priority personally and then uh, there in Jerusalem and uh, in his life. And, and, and so, so, again, I was thinking we were going to do this at the end of the series after it was over, but it was, no, it's supposed to happen right now. So here we're going to, I've got in, in my heart a three-part series where we get more practical in living out worship six days a week, you know, the other days of the week. And then, for example, today, the focus is on our personal, private, alone time, worshiping God when we're alone. Uh, Next week, Lord willing, we want to focus on uh, worship in the home with our children, with our spouses, with friends you might have over or neighbors, and the impact of your home being a ministry center. Uh, and and then when the next date happens there, uh, then the corporate worship, the gathering of the saints. And God has different purposes at each of those settings, different anointings, different blessings, uh, one's not necessarily better, better than the other, but we see the whole book of Psalms is a worship book of songs of worship and prayers for the corporate gathering. And so our corporate gathering is designed by God to happen on a regular basis, and he's, he wants us to get together and honor him. And so, uh, and yet one improves the other. You know, our corporate worship here will encourage us in the morning, right, or tonight or during the day, and that private times encourages us to spread it to our family members and friends, and then we're back at Sunday again. And so these things build on each other and encourage each other. And again, Jesus, I just say I'm doing the best I can. This is, this is such a, a, a powerful theme, worshiping you, Jesus, and I'm, I'm, we're just mere humans. We're ordinary people, and you have to grace us for this. You have to empower us, uh, and, and our title for this day uh, is, um, is this personal worship, but it's the one thing man, that David was a one thing man, and we'll get into the scriptures on this in a minute. Lord Jesus, thank you that your blessing is on your word and that your word is by your spirit is going to talk to each one of us that we leave here with a, in a difference in our heart for worship, that even today before we go to bed and even tomorrow morning and this week is going to be a different kind of week because of worship in our hearts. I do want to make a few reflections from last Sunday because it was so unusual for me. I, I do want to encourage you to listen to this message if you weren't here uh, last Sunday. Uh, I'll just tell you how things switched, at, at, and really at the last moment. Uh, I was here, uh, you know, as I usually am during the worship, and one of our uh, uh, mature believers in the Lord, 
servants of the Lord came in, came up to me and said, um, Stephen, I just want you to know I have sensed the presence of God and the anointing of God to come into the sanctuary. And she said, from the back. And I, I don't know what you are to do with it. I'm just letting you know. Well, I'm starting to think, okay, as I often do on Sunday mornings, I go, oh, Lord, I want, I want to be ready to yield to your spirit if you lead in another direction. And, and I don't get to preach the message that I prepared for the week. And we, we end up doing more worship and praying for one another. And, and, and I'm, we call those Holy Spirit takeovers. And, I'm, and, and pretty much every Sunday, I remind, remind myself, listen, be sure to be aware, be sensitive be willing to discern, and it's it's for a preacher. We we've got to surrender this work that he's done in us, you know, over how many days or weeks, and say, okay, Lord, maybe this is for another time. So that's what I was saying. Okay, Lord, I just said that prayer. I'd say it often. Okay, I'm I'm willing to surrender this, and you. Know. Well, during the last worship song, the the worship took me into a place of of you know, humility, a place of, of brokenness before the Lord, but it was still worshiping a holy God. And I was like, this is Psalm 51, which was part of my message. It was the third part of my message. But this got so intense. This is like within a two-minute period at the end of this, this uh, last worship song. Dolores is the hostess. She's standing next to me. She's getting ready to walk up. And I just say, Dolores, I think I'm, I'm supposed to go right into my message or go right into Psalm 51. And, and, and skip the announcements. And she is the yielded person. Just you do, I, you, know, you do what you feel the lead. I agree with that. And, and so this was a minute later. I just came up. I said, folks, I feel like we just need to go right to Psalm 51, verse by verse. That's what we're going to do today. What was so different, not, that's, that's unique. That's unique for me. But those things happen you know, to preachers when you're yielding to the Spirit. What was different for me? was for the next 35 minutes as I'm working through these verses, I have this brokenness on me and these tears that are coming in, in waves, not just once or twice. Once or twice, hey, you know, the Spirit hits you, you release it, you just trust God is using that in some way to bear fruit in someone's life. But this kept happening over and over again for 35 minutes. And... Let's go to Psalm 51, just a quick review of a couple of verses. Verse 7 of Psalm 51 says, Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Now remember, if you don't forget, this is the psalm he wrote after it was, he was confronted by Nathan that he had, yes, in fact, committed adultery with Bathsheba, had committed murder to kill her husband, Uriah, and the judgment was his child was not going to live. And so for at least a year or more, he'd been hiding these sins, and he'd been callousing his heart and walking a life of deception for a year or so. And this conviction of the Spirit that came through Nathan finally broke that bondage of deception, of lies, and he humbled himself. And he was seven days praying for the life of this child. And this child ended up passing away. 
what's so unusual is David immediately went up and jumped into <laughs> to the temple to worship. And the servants were like, what? what's going on? We thought he would get even more depressed. No, he knew that his God had made a righteous judgment. And he believed in this, that he could be washed by God's forgiveness. His love and kindness was so great that he could be white as snow despite these great sins. And then looking at verse 17, all the verses in this chapter are good. I just want to touch base before we get into another psalm today. David says, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit and a broken and contrite heart. These, O oh God, you will not despise. And I was talking to a, a friend on the phone, and I said, something really happened, unusual happened to me this past Sunday. I, I haven't. And as I described it, I said, uh, it just, it, it, and I, one of the things I'm, I'm wondering, was this intercession? And that's part of what can happen to me, and I've noticed over the years that the tears that I have are really not my tears. They're not really, uh, you know, my compassion and, and things. It's really the intercession of the Lord, of Jesus Christ ever intercedes for us. And, and, I, and I realize there, there's someone, some people that last Sunday, and that's why I'm encouraging if you weren't here, watch that or just take Psalm 51 as your devotional for the week and read it over these scriptures and let God soften that heart. Because if you're in a, in a bondage of deception, of hiding sins, and you haven't been open and honest to confess that sin, God wants to break it, folks. That you don't get so used of walking in to hiding and concealing and keeping in the dark things that are keeping you bound. These sins, God wants to set you free of and honest confession then leads to, to honest repentance. And that contrite, broken spirit toward a holy God, I just kept feeling it coming over and over with me last Sunday. So David's life, there's more written about him than any other Old Testament character. And we could say a number, a long list of things, why he's called a man after God's own heart by God himself. One, though, is, is, is this humility, that David deeply repents and he believes that he'll be cleansed and that his joy will be restored, actually restored, and he can move on. And so I, I do this quick review just to say, ask God, are you missing him? Is there a conviction of the Holy Spirit that you're deflecting and that you're blocking? And, and it took a Nathan the prophet to come right to him face to face and shake him up to see this deception he was living in. So I encourage you, don't continue living in that bondage, but receive the mercy of God and the conviction of God. This psalm, Psalm 27, is a, another very popular psalm. One reason is that I believe there's two statements about worship that are like classic statements that people just quote and requote and, and, and meditate on and, and think on and study. And so we're going to get to those today. 
I'm excited this morning because I'm going to also bring up a couple of people, Vernon Magnus, Nancy Winters here at the end of my teaching, in order for them to share about their own private personal worship and let you hear how it works and looks in their life. So let's go to uh, Psalm 27. I'm going to read the first three verses. We'll read many of the verses and skip a few. It says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and foes, they stumbled and fell. Though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war may rise against me, in this I will be confident. Now, I was originally in, in, in planning for this teaching, looking for, and, and they're out there in the book of Psalms, uh, that, uh, a psalm that just talked about worship, just talked about exalting God and who he is, and, and that exists. I want to tell you, though, it's not as easy as to find as you think because David talks about the realities of his life and the struggles that he's going in, and the next verse, boom, he's talking about worship. And I kept running into that. I'm like, no, I don't, I don't want to get into that. I just want to, and I kept running, okay, okay, okay. That's just the way David writes about worship. He gets honest about what he's going through and that worship is not far from him in the midst of, these are some crazy circumstances he's mentioning, right? He's, he's talking about uh, an army and he's talking about uh, uh, enemies that want to eat up his flesh. I mean, this is no uh, just ready, uh, regular day uh, in, in the life in Shelbyville. And, um, and yet... He turns to this next verse, verse 4. One of these classic statements about worship. One thing I have desired of the Lord, that will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. So he says that in the midst of me being a general of an army and and being a warrior, me being uh, responsible for, for expanding the, uh, the, the kingdom and, and strategies and the building and the construction, yet there's one thing that I desire. And many of your translations will say ask. There's one thing I ask and, and that I will seek. You know, this reminds me of a New Testament Jesus quote. When he said in Matthew 7, verse 7 and 8, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks, it will be opened. And these are verbs that say, as you keep asking, as you keep seeking, as you keep knocking, that's the idea. It's a persistence that these doors will be opened. Well, going back to these verses, verse 4, he's saying, I'm... I'm Asking and I'm seeking, I'm pursuing one thing. That I can, I can abide in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. I can live there, I can stay. Now, practically, you can't do that. He understood 
that the Spirit of God was more than in that tabernacle holy of holies room. It was there. But he knew the Spirit of God in us being New Testament believers, we know it that much more, that inside us is the Holy Spirit. We're actually called in the New Testament, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We are a walking worship center wherever you go. And so this prayer really is a real thing that we can stay, live, and abide in the presence of God and behold his glory, his beauty, his majesty. And there we can ask and inquire of him in his presence. So I want to say to you, David was a one thing man. You can be a one thing man, a young, a one thing woman, a one thing student, a one thing athlete. Where people see your life and they see they have a priority number one above all these things that they're involved in. That your motivations, it's about one thing, Jesus. That your attitudes is about 100% Jesus. That our actions are one thing, Jesus. That our work, our school, our clubs, our hobbies, people can see it. It comes out of us in our speech. We're one thing person. It's Jesus Christ that our family relationships, our neighbor friendships, our coworkers see in Christ is in the middle as one thing. So I want to say that another aspect of David being a man of God's own heart, his humility, yes, but he's a one thing man. Let's go to the next verse, verse 5. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret place of his tabernacle, he shall hide me. He shall set me high upon a rock. And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. Therefore, I will offer sacrifices of joy in his tabernacle. I will sing, yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. So even though there's enemies all around, he said, my head is going to rise above that attack. It's not going to squelch me down, quench the Holy Spirit and and steal my joy and just put me under their feet. No, I'm going to lift my countenance in praise and singing. In the midst of these circumstances, I have a practice often that I, when I visit someone who's very, you know, really doing, in the middle of a serious battle in the hospital, that we heard the practice of Scripture to anoint uh, them with oil and pray that they'll be healed, right? And so that's why I'm going. But many times, I can't say every time, but many times I do what they did in the Old Testament to the articles in the temple as they would anoint the different pieces of furniture and, and things used for worship, even though it's a physical thing, they anoint it and say, this is set apart for God for worship. And I end up anointing the walls and the doors and I'll anoint the some equipment. I'll put these little, my little wet finger with anointing oil on these. I bet the nurses find these dots and occasionally they say, what is this stuff? <laughs> and I'm saying this is a healing chamber for this person. This is dedicated to God. And then I found myself, not only that, it's a, it's a good place to worship God. Even if you're on your back and in pain, it's a good time to worship God. In the midst of the battle, in the midst of the circumstances that they, it wants to step you down and keep you under 
under their feet. No, you're going to rise your head above the enemies and praise his name. And the devil thought he was going to get you down, but actually more praises came out of you while we were in the hospital. Man, that didn't work. They just praised God more when they were down. I thought they were down. Let's go to the next verse, verse 7 through 9. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. Have mercy also upon me and answer me. When you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face, Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my help. Do not leave me nor forsake me, O God of my salvation. So that classic statement that that he's, I ask one thing. Here's the other classic statement. When you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face, Lord, I will seek. This is so valuable. This is a lesson that God always wants us to learn, that even in the midst of circumstances, enemies, multiple trials coming out in different ways, God will still say, seek my face. Not just my hand. Even though you'll see David in over and over in Scripture seeking God's hands, provision, protection, his power, his uh, direction. Yes, it's not evil, it's not wrong, but there are times when God says, Listen, just trust me with that and seek my face. And it's those times that we really need that extra grace in the hospital or multiple trials. We need that extra grace. God, I seek your face. I just want to worship you. I'm not asking anything right now. I'm just wanting to ask, help me worship you. The one thing, the number one priority. I want to do a quick review to, to give you some insights here about what most people call the Lord's Prayer. I call, I call it the disciples' prayer because the disciples were asking Jesus how to pray, and, he, and this is what he told them. It's in Matthew chapter 6 is one of the places. And around, I believe it was 2018, I did a series on prayer and broke down the praying the disciples' prayer in six parts and taught that as a series. And I I still have some of these little prayer cards, kind of a guide through the Lord's Prayer. I first discovered this. I was a student at um, a Christian college, Old Roberts University in Oklahoma, and uh, they were doing the Larry Lee teaching prayer outline for an hour, pray with God for an hour through this disciple's prayer. And they actually offered a 6 a.m. prayer time for scholar students in a room where you could gather and you would pray through the Lord's Prayer together. Who gets up at 6 o'clock as a college student? That was sacrifice, folks. I remember those mornings. There was only a handful of them, but I remember them because I didn't get up at 6 o'clock very often. And let's just uh, put that scripture of Matthew, uh, of the, of the uh, Lord's Prayer up there. I'm going to kind of read through it quickly. In this manner, Jesus said, Therefore pray, a Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Go ahead. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. 
And again, I have these cards there uh, if you want to take this home. It's one of the, the most common ways I have prayed in devotionals over these close to, that's like 37, 38 years ago. It's not the only one I use, but I would say over those years, this is the one I, off, I just keep with me and I go back to often. It starts with our Father who is in heaven. He's holy. You look to the Father. And the next one is your kingdom come. Your will be done. You're praying promises in your life. The one is give us uh, this, our daily bread. You're praying provision in your life, both practical and spiritual. The next one is about, uh, it's the pardon room where, you, God, you ask for forgiveness and you're forgiving others. There's the protection room from temptation and the enemy. And then there's the power room where we're giving praise for his power. But look what how Jesus said start off, right? Pray this way, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed, holy is his name. Start with worship. Start with seeking his face. Now, I will cover the other areas, the provision uh, and the, the, the forgiveness in your life and the spiritual warfare. All of that's going to be covered as, as you, but start with seeking my face. In this, it's, it's, it, Father was an intimate way to say God for these Jewish men listening to him teach them. It really, you don't have to say, Lord, God, Jehovah, you can go straight into our Father. Yeah, you can go into Father. He's intimate. And then, but you look upon him in his names. How holy is his name? And I have a few listed here. And you can Google that. And you can develop the names of God. And you can start your devotional times with the names of God, and you can use those during the day when you need them. God, our righteousness, the Hebrew word for that is, is, is Sidkenu. God, Rohi, our shepherd. God, our healer. God, Ra, uh, uh, Jehovah Rapha. Our victorious banner is God, our, uh, Jehovah Sidkenu. Our provider is Jehovah Jireh. Our peace is God, our shalom. You, there's more. There's count, you, know, you can just develop a list, and you're just gazing upon who he is, and, and you'll use those during the day. It'll come back to you. Let's go for a couple more verses here before a transition. Psalm 27, verse 10 through 12. When my father and my mother forsake me, I'm, I'm just going to kind of paraphrase. In these next few verses, he ends up listing these horrible things that have happened to him is, there's rejection from family. There's more enemies surrounding him with lies and threatening violence. Uh, he says, I've even uh, considered just losing heart and giving up. But then he goes to verse 13 and 14. Let's look at that. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. This phrase, wait on the Lord, is a common one in the book of Psalms. It's one that I've really needed, and I've been really excited about what's happened in, in, uh, just several months ago, about two and a half, three months ago. Group of us went to Dallas to the Gateway Network discipleship theme was the was the theme. But they ended up 
teaching us silent listening prayer, like waiting on the Lord, was the focus. It wasn't some cool program to put in your church and, and reach everybody with discipleship and get, you know, this is the way we do. No, it was let's learn. And so I'm learning some things I want to get to at some point. Because this is what opens that door for seeking his face in the midst of the day. You know, in the middle of these circumstances. And it's something that we practice and we kind of learn and um, uh, to grow in. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to doing that um, at some point as the Lord leads. I'm not going to put a, put a neck, you know, time on it there. So I want our heart cry to be David's heart. A one-thing woman or one-thing man? A one-thing young man over there in the back row. And I've asked uh, two people, and Vernon, I'll just let you come up first. Vernon is a one-thing man. And I say Vernon, now I'm not seeing him. I believe he's here. (laughs) If not, we'll go to Nancy. Um, Here he is, here he is. He's serving us out there in, in the, uh, the gathering place. Thank you so much. And he's a one-thing man. Nancy's a one-thing woman. I know their lives. And though they're inspired by us and though they, they minister and serve among us, uh, they're, they're seeking God seven days a week. And, and so we can receive from them, um, uh, you know, just their heart, and uh, any example. So, Vernon, the Lord has got you here. Go for it. Here, you can there's get in. Nothing right more. Uh, Let me get in the middle. I'll get over here. There's nothing more beautiful in intimacy we have with our spouses, and there's nothing more beautiful in the intimacy we have with our children, grandchildren, and great grandchildren. But we love to hear from them as often as we can. He wants to hear from us as often as he can and we can. We were created in his image. We're just like him. We were created to worship him. And when I come to worship uh, and fi- I find a quiet place, no noise at all, and then I take a spiritual bath, I say, Lord, would you cleanse my eyes of anything they might have seen that offends you? Would you clean my mind of anything that I've thought about that might offend you? I ask him to forgive me of all of my sins, past or present. And then I begin to be quiet. And not too far in the distant past, I was in that frame of mind of worship him, worshiping him in a quiet, secluded place after reading the word. And I begin to feel something I've never felt before most beautiful than I've ever felt before. And after a few minutes, I really thought he was going to take me away. I really did. I thought I was going to disappear. I couldn't wait to tell Linda what had happened. I want that more. I want that more often because I love Daddy. I love Abba Father. I was created in his image, and I want to be more like him. And as I age, I'm going to practice that deeper more anointed worship. 
Vernon, stay here for a sec. So, um, one thing that I, I want to ask, one thing, how about that, um, is you said find a quiet place, right? So, I want to mention a couple of places that I, I normally go. Now, some people have like one chair, okay, one chair, one spot in a room, and they do that, that's what they all, every day. Now, I have about, you know, three to four in, in my home. Uh, in the living room, there's a certain, the end of the sofa, you know, and I can look out the front window. Uh, in the basement, it's a lazy boy. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. I've got one of those old lazy boys, so comfy. And, uh, and then on, we have both a deck that's an upper level and a patio. So if it's, it's a little hotter, I'll be, and I'm out, I want to be outside, it's, more, it's on the patio. But if it's a cooler time and I want to be outside, it's, it's on the deck. And I do enjoy the outside when I'm, when I'm seeking God like that and just waiting on him. And so you need to think like that. You need to establish one, two, or three. These, these are my spots that you go to. And, and because this is, you're developing a routine in your schedule that finds that place. Now, some people have to leave early and you have a long commute. Well, what is, what can you do in that commute? You know, what can happen in the car? Redeem the time. Don't let that time just be trying to wake up. You, you put on praise music. You put on, you know, you, I, I've, I've actually put prayers on a, audio memo on my phone, prayers and scriptures, and then played them back to me later to guide my prayers. You, you create this time and this space before God. What, what are some spaces that you use? Well, of course, we travel on motorcycle, and uh, it's, it's a place to, for a good start. You know, we call it wind therapy, but actually we, we really try hard to hear from God but the most beautiful place, and as many times, is this altar right here over the years. Mm. Coming up to this altar, bowing down, and ask God to forgive mm. me of all my sins and cleanse me of everything within my body. I have never felt such intimacy as I mm. felt right here. Mm-hmm. And you have to be perfectly quiet because the world is so noisy today. Mm. Everything is vying for our attention and our ears. And he just wants perfect attention. And if you went to visit the, the governor... He would want your full attention. If you went to visit a king, he would want your full attention. You'd even wait outside in the waiting room for him. And I think just to honor him, I like to wait. Just find mm-hmm. a place Praise quietly God. and just wait. Mm-hmm. It's the most beautiful and intimate. Wow. Thank you, my friend. Let's give this man a big hand. Nancy Winters, come on up here. Nancy Winters, Winters is a one-thing woman. She's on the, the leadership prayer team for Open Wells. That's the third Friday. Um, she is a prayer warrior intercessor. She hears from God and prays those things. And uh, more than once, she has had times of where well, she's gotten a word or a prayer for me, and she'll text it. And, and she is, you know, it's, it's, if, I, if I don't understand it that day, I'll understand it soon after because it's just perfect timing, something that I needed to receive to make it that week and into that season of my life. So, Nancy, I want to thank you for being a one-thing woman and seeking God because I know he does speak to you, and I get blessed, too, because of it. So uh, my format, I think, is a little different than Vernon's and maybe what Stephen expected of me, but... 
this is what I felt like the Holy Spirit said for me to share. So I just want to share it. I know I have limited time, so I'm not going to go through all the scriptures, but I can give you a reference if, if you want to look it up later. So it's vital for us as followers of Jesus Christ to cultivate a life of private worship before him. In so doing this, we learn to value ministry to him in the audience of one. Heartfelt worship helps us to engage in the beauty realm of the Lord. We must see and know him in this beauty, which would go along with the scripture that Stephen uh, taught on this morning, Psalm 27, 4. So why is the practice of regular private worship so vital for us as followers of Jesus Christ? Because he desires to be worshiped on earth as he is in heaven. And that's John 4.23. But a time is coming and is already here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit, from the heart, the inner self, and in truth. For the Father seeks such people to be his worshipers. Number two, he looks for those whose hearts are truly his. The eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. Second Chronicles 16.9. Number three, he is worthy to be praised. Psalm 145.3. I've got it here. He will not fear. Who will not fear reverently and glorify your name, O Lord, giving you honor and praise in worship? For you alone are holy. For all the nations shall come and worship before you, for your righteous acts, your just degrees, and judgments, and judgments have been revealed and displayed. Number four, he longs to reveal his beauty to us through the Holy Spirit in worship. So I encourage us all to daily engage in some type of worship and um Every day I will bless you and lovingly praise you. With awe-inspired reverence, I will praise your name forever and ever. Psalm 145.2. A regular lifestyle of worship allows the Holy Spirit to come and reveal the beauty of Jesus to us. It allows us the opportunity to enter into the same ministry that is in heaven, which is continual, musical, relational, and God-centered. It releases the living water within us. It glorifies him. It reveals his emotions to us. It pleases him. It blesses his heart. It ministers to him. It reveals his character to us. It strengthens our relationship with him. It opens the door for the activity of the Holy Spirit in our lives, homes, and families. It opens the door for the Holy Spirit to reveal Jesus to us. It changes the atmosphere where we are. It lifts a spirit of heaviness. It brings peace to our souls. It brings healing to our souls. It softens our hearts. And when we do it regularly, it keeps our hearts soft. It changes us as we gaze upon his beauty. It makes this statement about where the affection of our hearts lie. It makes a statement about where our allegiance lies. 
Every time we worship him, every time we do it personally, it does that. It brings acuity to hear his voice. Each time we worship him, again, it solidifies this allegiance to the Lord over and over again that we are his and he is our king. It releases a spirit of intercession in us. It releases a spirit of prayer in us. It increases our ability to hear and interact with the Holy Spirit. It brings impressions and revelations from Holy Spirit. It releases the spirit of prophecy. It develops spiritual discipline in us. It releases joy as we encounter him. It presses back darkness in anything that tries to hinder or bind us. It is a fierce weapon. Our worship is a fierce weapon. The more we encounter him in worship, the more beautiful and delightful he becomes to us. It strengthens our inner man when we worship him. It builds our trust in the character of Jesus Christ. It helps us to easily step into a corporate worship setting and fully engage with the Lord because we have practiced it in our private time. So it is easy to engage corporately. It causes us to take our eyes off ourselves. It helps us develop a lifestyle of worship. It releases the creativity of the Holy Spirit in us. So I want to say that I encourage each of you to build a lifestyle of worship before the Lord in your private time with him. And, you know, this morning I felt like the Lord wanted me to say that there may be some here and you've hung your harp on the willow tree because of discouragement, because of life, because of things that have happened. And the Lord said, get your harp off. Get your harp off the willow tree and come again to me because I will encounter you with my Holy Spirit. I will bring life. I will bring refreshment. I will restore. And if you're new, if you're a new believer and you don't understand this or it doesn't make sense, I mean, Stephen's available, I'm available, just take the baby steps to enter into your private time in worship with him. And as far as building a lifestyle of worship, I would say that for me, these are things that I can say. Give of your time, give of your money, give of your resources, give of your worship. Humble yourself with fasting. Share the good news of Jesus Christ. Pray without ceasing. And remember, prayer is simply dialogue and talking to the Lord out of a place of intimacy with him. Develop the ministry of intercession in your own life. Minister to others. Read the word. Study the word. Pray the word. Sing the word. Sing to the Lord. Engage with the Holy Spirit. Sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual psalms. Do missions. Be abandoned before the Lord. Your cultivation of your private worship will bring you freedom. It will bring you freedom. It will bring you into a deeper relationship with Jesus Christ like you've never known before. If you'll make it a spiritual discipline in your life. So, do I have a couple more minutes or am I done? I'm done. Okay. So, so I, w- I want I want to clarify something you said though, um, or just build on a little bit. So sure. you said I didn't hear it the first time. You said some of you have hung your harp by the willow tree. 
Yes. Now, I thought you said heart, but you okay. said harp. Yes. I heard that the second time. Yes. So in the book of Revelation, there's this image of, of the prayers of the saints being a, a bowl of incense of, of the smoke aroma going to heaven. And they have a, the, these saints have, have a, the, a harp in one hand and this bowl in the, in the other. And they are singing songs of worship. And so that harp represents worship and singing, and the bowl represents prayers. So what, what is so that's what you were saying. This harp of worship, you hang it by the willow tree. Now help me with that expression. What what does that mean? more so? And and worship team, go ahead and come up because we're gonna we're gonna yeah. do get into our. That's actually our last from worship. the Old Testament in okay. scripture. The okay. harp being hung by the willow tree. Okay. You know because. They, uh, Keep your microphone close. Discouraged, so they hung their harps by the willow really? tree. Really? Yeah. I'm, I'm, and so, anyway, that's that's, that's neat. Just I the don't... Lord was, you know, speaking that to me this morning that mm-hmm. there is someone here, or yes. more than one, or someone online who just needs to hear that. Yes. That you know, take your harp down and worship. You know, take it down and worship the King, and the Lord will encounter you because He's faithful and He's kind and He's good and He's wonderful. He's a wonderful Father. So, just let's keep on this for a prayer right now. As you mentioned, there is this discouragement that can happen in a rough season, and that harp can be put aside. A busy season where you just get so rushed, you know, which is an easy attack of the enemy in today's, uh, you know, world. So, whatever the reason is, you might be resistant. I don't know if I want to get my heart. Well, see, some of the refreshing you need in your heart will come as you pick it up again and as you try again. And it, it, it doesn't have to be a, some big grand start or some memorable thing, but start and that's part of the refreshing and, and softening the heart again and, yes. and God will answer that. See that effort and see that's a prayer of saying, God, help me with this. Help me with because the truth is, Jesus loves the yes in our spirit. He just, he's so pleased with that. You know, when we're just willing to come, he just, he's so pleased with the yes. You know, he loves the yes in our spirit. So I want to encourage everybody in that today to, you know, Jesus loves you like crazy. Yeah. He loves you like crazy. Let's bring the lights down and to bring more privacy here. Um, want us to set our spiritual eyes on Jesus Christ. Nancy, why don't you go ahead and just say a prayer for those that have hung, have hung the harp on the willow. Just, just say a prayer into that as we keep going. So, Father, I just lift all those up before you that are here today that maybe feel discouraged or downtrodden or overwhelmed. Um, and they've just abandoned that part of themselves with you. They've just abandoned that part of their heart with you, that encounter with you in worship, Lord. Holy Spirit, I just ask that you would come and that you would just restore that and that you would just revive the heart of worship in all of us, Lord. That we would be people of one thing, that our one thing would be to behold your beauty and to exalt you, Lord. And to love you and to minister to you, Lord. We thank you that you come, Lord. You inhabit our praises. That you come. 
I just ask that you would move on everyone that's here, everyone on the sound of my voice, Lord. Just refresh us, Holy Spirit. Come and fill and refresh us. Come and reveal Jesus to us in a new and a different way. Another phase of his emotion and the character of him. We just ask this, Lord, in Jesus' name. keep my mic on as we start this song I might just speak some some words of adoration exaltation to Jesus but let's just let this song let's just no it's not about the song it's Lord by the spirit of God in our heart we don't even need a song actually we turn our hearts to you we turn our spiritual eyes to you Jesus you're amazing. dying on the cross, raising for the dead for us. We're so grateful. You came to us. You didn't leave us alone. You came to us. Thank you, Jesus. as orphans and alone you came to us thank you Jesus you're our one thing no one but you you're our one thing Can't get enough. 
one thing woman. Hallelujah. before you, O great King, O Lord of Lord, King of Kings. Oh, 
worship. Oh no God, you're worthy. You. You're worthy, God. No oh God, you're the Prince of Peace. You're the author no of joy. You're King of Kings, no Lord of Lords. You. Your eyes sparkle no with light. You. You're the light of the world. Your light drives out darkness and defeats the enemy. We rise our heads above our enemies and we look to you. We praise you. Oh, Father. Sing out here the ocean's roaring. Oh. honor you Jesus you're worthy of our praise you're worthy of honor you're worthy of our focus of our full attention yes yes your light cast out darkness Bow. We honor you. We bow in our hearts to you, God. You deserve it all. You deserve it all. Hear the oceans roar. See the skies light up. Every heart now sing to the Lord. Sing to Him. He deserves it. Hear the rocks cry out. See the mountains bow. Every heart come to worship the Lord. Christ, this is a great moment. You're sensing that drawing inside that maybe even butterflies said, I, I need this, I want this. How do I get this? It's, it's really simple. It's you from your heart saying to God, 
that you want to be his child. And so I'm going to say a prayer. I'm going to ask everybody here to repeat after me. You can say this simple prayer. If you mean it from your heart, you can be a a new person inside for now and forever. Everybody repeat after me. Dear Jesus, I don't want to be alone anymore. I don't want to be lost anymore. I turn from my selfish ways. I turn from my sins. And I turn to you. Come into my heart, Jesus. Forgive me my sins. I believe that you died on the cross and rose from the grave. I want to be your child. Thank you, Jesus. I'm your child now. Now and forever. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. to tell someone this morning if you prayed that prayer someone who can continue to pray with you give you some help and next steps we have people here that are available to pray about anything anything going on in your life your family at work I'm going to ask the team here just to continue to be up here the music playing but I'm going to say that in like five minutes, I'm going to, you know, encourage people who are going to, to pray to leave in, a, in about five minutes. Uh, Dustin and Erica Casey will be heading to Cornerstone Christian Academy, facilitating that time. Uh, Daryl and Car- Carol Tracy will be headed to Heritage Elementary and facilitating uh, you there. And the Lord's going to give you prayers burdens for those students and teachers. God bless them. So glad for teachers and staff at schools, your servants to our younger generation. And your prayers are going to be doing damage against the devil's schemes there. And the body of Christ needs to rise up and take a stand against darkness. And that's what you're doing today. Lord, we believe that into this week, that our hearts are stirred. We have a new priority. There's no one but you. We're a one thing man or a one thing woman. And we anticipate this week, be it little steps or big steps, that we're growing in worship. Amen and amen. Have a great week. You're not alone. Jesus is with you. Have a great week.